When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening. This is Slugging It. It is now 2024, 21.45 on the 1st of January. Jono here with you as always, alongside my two trusty steeds, Simon Roberts and Eugene Berger. Myself and Eugene, absolutely fresh as daisies, having been in bed at 9.30 on New Year's Eve. Simon, uh, in a better state than we would have expected, but Simon had a late one uh, last night, no doubt we will hear about that shortly and um, plenty to go through upcoming guests a bit of an england year in review some key retirements and any other cods wallop that we can think to come up with for our first episode of 2024 but straight into it eugene i mean you look grumpy as you like but how are you yeah i'm good i'm good um, i'm grumpy because um haven't had alcohol in me for about 10 days now i've, I've decided to take a bit of a drier uh, approach to the end of the year um, to see what um, the new year brings in. So instead of doing dry January, I decided to do dry second half of December and then debaucherous January. So so let's see how that goes. Perfect. Well, that that probably le- leans into the kind of whips and tassels thing that we were talking about a minute ago and why we can't see the wider uh, wider scale aspect of your bedroom on an eclipse this week. Um, less said about that, the better. Robbo, dear boy, I've seen bits of you over Christmas, but how was, uh, how was New Year's Eve? Which bits? Uh... <laughs> It was very good, mate. Yeah, we had uh, we went round to our friends for yeah, just I had a really nice time. So it, it was good. It was a late one. It's the latest I've done in a very very long time. It was a half past four finish, which oh. um, was. And I'll be honest, it was that we were having that good a time. We were considering carrying on, but once once the third bottle of whiskey had been drunk and the third bottle of Bailey's for the girls had been consumed, oh crikey, it was probably about time to uh, to call it a night and then when my delightful little boy decided to wake up at half past seven having <laughs> had a late night so yeah it's um feeling a little bit worse for wear today very tired um but no we had a fantastic time how was your christmas no we're not going to talk about that uh eugene no, probably not. 
yeah. in other news, can our listeners please let us know how their New Year's and Christmases were? Because uh, yeah, uh, probably best not to to go into mine. Um, I've had an absolute Barry Crocker, haven't I? Um, yeah, look, we won't we won't go into it, but I mean, in a in a weird way doing this and talking about mental health and so on and so forth kind of helped me get through a lot of it um, because I feel like having listened to people and interviewed people and spoken to people about going through difficult times, like the difficult time I've experienced over Christmas has, and, and just so people are aware, nothing like majorly drastic work conspired against me so that uh, I was supposed to go to Ireland with, with Lisa and Rafferty uh, to see her family, but, work meant that I couldn't go, so I had to spend Christmas basically um, without my family, which I, I found incredibly difficult. Um, but, you know, in those in those dark times, just kind of sitting on my own with the dog, like, you know, I, I, I thought back to conversations we've had with other people and it, it does make you, it makes you just kind of give you, you know, head a bit of a wobble and just go, actually, I'm all right. Like, the, there are much worse things happening to many more people than I in the world. So, um yeah, not not ideal, but you know, you, we we fight on, don't we? And uh, a lot to look forward to in twenty twenty four. So, um, and as, thank, they, as they always say, control the controllables. Well, exactly. And, uh, you couldn't control the couriers, so no, I'm about to swear, but you know, bugger them. Well, exactly. The the one thing <laughs> that I did control yourself the swing route on that swing. Yeah, they delivered your sex swing rather than my cricket stuff. Uh, yeah. I don't know where the sex swings come up, lads. I'm, people are going to worry about uh, Eugene's got the sex swing. Eugene's um, going to worry. No, I mean, Everyone's going to be. Most people are going to be jealous. Um, it's, it's actually a TRX bar, lads. Just in case you're wondering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, um, that's what she said. Well, all vicious rumors. Um, now, the one thing I did control, I've not actually spoken to Simon about this. So Simon, we Simon hosted a, a brilliant Boxing Day bash at his. And I went round to that. And for some reason, I got stuck with just trying to prove his wife's mum wrong about this red wine that her, her Becky's dad had bought. This stuff, what's he called? Um, I can't uh, even remember. Jam, it's jam this red shed. wine, jam shed. But it's really sweet, right? But I decided I took it upon myself to then prove that someone would be happy to drink it. Anyway, by the end of the third bottle, it was just Simon, <laughs> Simon, <laughs> Becky, and I sat in their brand new living room. And I literally took the last sip of the last glass that I was going to have. But you know, like, you know, when you have that instant thing of, oh, fuck, this might well bounce. And then I just thought, right, brand new carpets, brand new sofa, brand new decorated room. And I managed to keep it down. But, um, but yeah, crikey, I, I did feel like I was on edge for a second. But anyway, let's get into the episode, gentlemen. Um, where do we start? England year in review? Yeah. Well, they haven't won a series, have they? No, they haven't won a lot, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, well, start with the positives there, Eugene. Um, like, uh, no, it's been a it's... Uh, no, no, we're not talking about South Africa, we're talking about England. Oh, here we go. Yes, well played, South Africa. They beat the beat. Well, now, India have let, let's just talk India, about this, right? Yeah, they've India have never won a test series ever in South Africa, have they? Look, look no. at now, they played this, this game. I can see why. Well, a lot of people would have expected this side to be the one to change that. Like, you know. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I'm going to talk about him a bit later in, in the kind of key retirements. But, And I've talked about Dean Elgar before on the podcast. I think he is the grittiest um, cricketer, opening batter, or just cricketer that I've ever seen play the game at that level. Like, you know, he is happy to just wear it. And we've seen it on a number of occasions. But... I think he got 100, was he 185, 189? Um, 
in the first dig and basically their only the dig, not the first dig, their only dig. Yeah, they didn't bat, they didn't bat again, did they? <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think a bit of an unsung hero. I watched quite a lot of it. And Tony DeZorzi, who obviously did brilliantly in the in the white ball games, uh, opening the batting, came into bat at three and he got 28, but just nullified that Indian bowling attack and took so much time out of the game. And, and you know, you know when you hear commentators talking about getting bowlers into third and fourth spells, that was basically what DeZorzi did alongside Elgar. Um, then David Be- uh, Beddingham came in on debut, uh, got 60-odd, I think, maybe 70. Uh, but uh, Dean, Dean Elgar, absolute titan. You know, he's done it. He's coming back to play county cricket, so English, English cricket fans have got opportunities to watch him in the future. But uh, an absolute mountain of strength for South Africa over a number of years, Eugene. Yeah, I mean, sad to see him retiring, if I'm honest, um, considering South Africa are sending a very weakened side to to go and play in New Zealand um, during the SA20, and we'll probably talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, he had the opportunity to go and take a young side as he's captaining in this uh, in his last test because Bavuma's injured. So, yeah, he had the opportunity to use and impart some of his knowledge onto those youngsters that are going out there. But Instead, he's chosen, as, as, as we, we hear from the commentary team, for those that have been watching on, on Sky Sports and other popular channels are available. Um, but, yeah, th- that he's going to be playing his uh, trade in county cricket. But, you know, it sounds like he's going to be doing preseason come um, that New Zealand test series, which is slightly odd. I mean, some people were suggesting maybe he should be going to New Zealand for preseason with a South African side. Um, just something you just want to pick up on something you said there with DeZorzi and Elga taking out a lot of time out the game. I mean, South Africa won within three days, right? Mm. So as much as they took a lot of time out the game and Elga did have a fantastic batting performance, where are these South African bowlers coming from? I've never heard of this Nundre Berger guy, mm. this left arm quick, and he's just a revelation, right? I mean, I was looking at some of the the, the South African fast bowlers from uh, that that appeared on on screen the other day there's like another seems like they're back on that um old west indian trade line of just literally wheeling out fast bowlers again which is good for for test cricket i guess but um yeah i wonder how much test cricket we're going to be playing in the future well you look at it well actually the grounds haven't exactly been sold out have they they're still playing in front of three men and a dog which is sad especially when we all we've all been to cricket in south africa we know it's not the most expensive place to go and watch cricket certainly in comparison to the, the sort of other sides of England and Australia maybe you'd sort of compare it to but uh, like you say they they look a, they look like they're starting to find a little bit of a, a personality again with um, certainly with the bowling attack it's hyper aggressive right but just kind of running absolutely peppier um, for good quick bowlers Um and then Maharaj, as and when, doing what he does, who for me is one of the sort of most improved test bowlers of the last sort of couple of years. You, you look at him, was he in and out? There was a time where Shamsi was looking at playing on more, and it, he's now he's now that their spinner, isn't he? That's it. There's no one else that, that they're going to pick. So um, I think, like you say, obviously I, I played a little bit with Dean a, a, a few years ago, and he's always been a little bit like that, always been hard as nails and. By no means the most talented cricketer in the world, um, but what he's always done is worked very hard and prided himself on that grit and determination to to get through. So oh, I've only got massive positive things to say about him. I think probably three years ago, before Basball, 
he would have been one player that if I was could have picked someone for getting an England team or to from anywhere around the world, he would have probably been it. Yeah, I know he only averages well, he averages what thirty seven, thirty eight. But what he does is he he knows exactly what he's doing. He takes time out of the game. He gets bowlers into that that like people say that third and fourth spell in the day, and when that sort of if he's gone in, if he's still in, people will take advantage of it. But that middle, lower middle order of South Africa that we know can obviously play, uh, they can come in and, and then take advantage of that. So he's a, he's a very selfless man, very selfless cricketer. Uh, I think he will be, knowing the guy, sort of not well, but I know what he was like, he'll be on the blower to each and every single one of those young South Africans. They'll be ringing him up. They'll be doing video calls. Right? No, this is what it's about. This is how it works. This is what you need to do. So, a fantastic cricketer. Good luck to him in the future. I mean, mm. hopefully he can come and make some decent money to finish his career off in in England playing. I mean, if I know not have signed Will Young and there's, there's talks of Somerset, who he's obviously played for before. He's played for Surrey before. Uh, so, hopefully he can come and score some big runs and earn some good money to, to finish himself off from a cricket. Now, only on, now, only on slugging it, ladies and gentlemen, Will you ever hear me announce that we're going to start the podcast by talking about an England year in review, only then to go straight into our good South Africa event against India? So what we're going to do now is talk about England's year in review. Uh, where do we start? Should we Ashes? Virat, Virat think, Kohli? Yeah, well, might as well. You know. I, think, I mean, uh, India just, you know, look what... <laughs> no, look, the, the Ashes, obviously we had a... A brilliant experience, didn't we? I think, and and it'd be really interesting to talk about this because now we're, and we we've still never the three of us actually talked about this off the back of completing it, have we? Like we've never just sat down and said that we're proud of it, or we've kind of talked about bits in passing. But I mean, the Ashes was an, a special thing for the three of us in a in a different way. But from a from a cricket perspective, um, I was I've watched a bit of it back. Obviously, there's been a lot of replays on over the Christmas period and stuff, and. You know, come the oval was two two a fair result. I look back at net, look back at it now, and I just think England had so many opportunities. Had they have just been a little bit smarter in tests one and two with how they went about their cricket, obviously the rain killed us at Old Trafford, but England could have absolutely wiped the floor with that Australian side this summer. Yeah, I think it it, it was a series where England will look at a, a lot of missed opportunities. Australia are a good side. They're the like. A very very world test champions so like they're, they're not terrible like and what they did was they won enough moments in those first two games to make it so that they were two and a lot whether they were gifted and uh, for me that that ashes series was a, a series of extremes there was some amazing cricket breathtaking cricket on some parts but there was also some absolutely bang average cricket as well, like we've already spoken about, it's stuff that you'd expect to see on an under twelves game. So, uh, yeah, two two fair result, eh, possibly, possibly not. But you've got to take your chances. And we we spoke about it during, during the time in England, we're having to create twenty eight, twenty nine opportunities to mm. take twenty wickets, and you that's just not sustain, sustainable. It doesn't matter how good a batting side you've got or whatever. If if, if bowlers are having to create that number of opportunities for you to even get close to taking 20 wickets, it's just not going to happen. Eugene? Yeah. Likewise, I'm, I'm with Rob on that. Um, there was very good and very bad. I, th I think for me, I was super surprised to see the weather impact that it had on the series. 
you know, people now know forecasts. There were days lost. I mean, the Manchester game, there was a lot of time lost out of that game. You know, should England or could England have done anything different? Maybe, maybe not. Were different decisions made? You know, there's so many different permutations that they could have gone down the route of. But I think if you look at the beginning of the series and you said that would 2-2 be a fair result, you would have said no, right? Because I think the favourites going into that was England. Mm. So if anything, England should feel hard done in that they didn't, you know, live up to the expectation. And, you know... I know, I know we're going to talk about this, but it just seems like that's been England this year. Going into the World Cup, there was so much, in, there was an air of expectation. And they, going into the West Indies, there's an air of expectation. And just, just every single time England this year have gone into any sort of, you know, semi-competitive cricket competition, they just, they just haven't been able to perform, which is, which is interesting because on one hand, you've, you've got this test side under Barry McCullum, um, not Barry, um, uh, Baz McCullum, that's uh, his brother. That's just taking, you know, his brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's just taking leaps and you know strides forward. And then you got Matthew Mott, where it seems like the ODI side is and the T Twenty side is going backwards. So it's it's different to look at the different leadership styles and and, and to some degree, I guess, the different captains within those sides. But just you know, going back to the Ashes, very very good from our part in terms of the walk and you know. Probably the most memorable part of that is going to be those canals, uh, not the cricket necessarily, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was it was good fun walking with you boys. I uh, I was having a look at some of the some of the videos just through the Instagram feed the other day, and the one that did make me chuckle was Rob. <laughs> Robbo got to the end of his path, and obviously it had been raining a lot, and it was supposed to go right, but it was basically like a, another version of the the River Thames <laughs> was, was down the road they were supposed to go. So it was like. Hmm, right, back we go. <laughs> we'll figure out another way. Um, but look, a, a brilliant experience. I, 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 you know, I do think at some point um, the three of us will sit down and just talk about it over a beer and, and, and kind of reminisce a little bit. But um, that, no, it was great. Um, okay, then, on balance as a, as a year, we're going to talk a bit more and we'll go into the World Cup and then into the, that West Indies um, tour. On reflection, the, the year as a whole, Team England not you know as one forget not not white ball and red ball like positive year negative year or meh year i i'd go shit you i <laughs> mean <laughs> there's no other way of you know you can polish a turd as much as you want to but it's still going to be a turd <laughs> roll it in glitter. brother um yeah I'd, yeah I'd, i think i think disappointing right? they they obviously had massive opportunities to have a very very good year You'd say that Ashes series, they they should they should have won a bit more smart cricket smarts in the first two tests, and they win that four four nil, uh, maybe three yeah. one. I'll I'll give them I'll give them that. Uh, yeah, I just think a, a bit of a letdown would be how I'd summarise England's cricketing year. Entertaining, but from a from a results point of view, a bit of a letdown. Uh, I mean, it all started. Ball and Red Bull. It all started so well, Red Bull wise, in terms of Pakistan, didn't it? So we went out there and absolutely bossed it. So let's not forget to mention that. Oh, we, like, we did win a series. We did win a series. Yeah, we did win a series. Yeah, we absolutely battered Pakistan. Uh, but um, but yeah, so so we we can't forget that. Obviously, uh, the reemergence, let's say, of Zach Crawley until he possibly flatters to deceive again. We don't know. We shall wait and see. But. Uh, you know, but 
you know, let's also talk about some of the, the, the players that have come through. Ben Duckett, you know, fantastic. Brilliant to see him back in an England shirt, doing so well. Uh, more recently in the, the West Indies, Phil Salt scored back-to-back hundreds in international T20 games. He's massive. Will Jacks, I think we should be excited by. Rahan Ahmed, uh, we should be really excited by. Um, so I think there have been positives. Josh Tong, I think, is someone that we need to watch pretty closely as we move forward if he can stay fit. So um, the other the other thing, just while I talk about players that we've we've been lauding and saying how well they've been doing. Now we've been calling for one Tom Curran to be uh, <laughs> back in an <laughs> and then and then I mean what a for tip. those of you. For those of you that haven't seen this, and I imagine if you're a cricket fan, as you will be if you listen to this, is you must have seen it. But what the fuck is he doing? Like, so he's basically he's before a game. He's playing for the Sydney Sixers, I think, isn't he? Um, yeah. And he's trying to mark his run up, which you're not allowed to do run throughs on the actual wicket before the game has started. So you can do it on the pitch next to it. Blah blah blah. But anyway, so he does it once. The umpire then comes and stands in his way in the popping crease, and he basically almost barges the umpire out of the way, which then bought him a four-game ban. And the entire cricket world going, "You twat! Uh, what are you doing?" That, the that's Mark that Moore. whole kind of the Mark Moore that thought the ban was excessive. Well, yeah, but I mean, like <laughs> that's that whole everything that I think Surrey have done really worked really hard on to get away from. You know that whole. And what happened to Tom Maynard was tragic, but that whole um, that whole era around Surrey cricket, the kind of champagne Charlie boy lifestyle, like, you know, this, that, and the other. And they've worked really hard to get their players away from that and that kind of arrogance. And, you know, I just think that is such a such a massive mistake from Tom Curran because it, it, it looks him makes him look like an absolute prize prick, doesn't it? There's no other there's no other way of describing it, is there? It's, it's right. Just, it's just it, well, I, I, the one area where I do have a little bit of sympathy is what, why can't people just do a trot through? What, I mean, if someone can explain to me why someone can't mark the run-up out and then just trot through to check it. Mm. We, everyone does it in club cricket. You want, like, why all of a sudden? I mean, what's he going to do to the pitch? He's not, he's not gone shade of 3D and done like ballet spins, is he? He's just, he's just mm. trotting through. He's not, they're called, he's not they're called pirouettes. Well, um, Ballet spins, yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> but to to know that's then the law and and to run through the umpire is just absolute brain fart. Like, no bad. I mean, look, even if he's he is he, going to try and use a defensive, I couldn't hear what he was saying. Right. Surely if he stood in the way, don't do it. Like... I mean, it's not, not going to ride that well, that excuse. Oh, I couldn't hear what he was saying, so I just thought he was stood there. That's like the door. bloke in the pub that goes, I couldn't hear what he was saying, so I head-butted him. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you, you're not going to say that, are you? I, like, <laughs> you can imagine that defence in court. We're at a murder trial, and some bloke's, oh, sorry, I couldn't hear what he was saying, so I shot him in the face. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. That, that's not a justification to behave in that manner. Like, he's just oh, not. He's, like, like he's clearly moved in front of him, and he clearly knows he's doing something wrong. So it's just a dickhead manoeuvre for me. But hey-ho. Yeah. 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 Live and learn. Four-match ban. Um, Christmas. Let's hope that he can still play at Christmas as well off. as he was during the blast. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Rat yeah. Arse on a beach in Sydney, yeah. Wonderful. Um, right. World Cup. We don't really need to talk about the World Cup. We we covered it heavily, didn't we? Um, absolute disaster. Uh, the one thing leading on from that, where we thought that the white ball side might be able to rescue some semblance of um, respectability, would have been in the West Indies, would it not? Uh, we lost both series, both the fifty. Yeah, I mean, you guys were not very good. I think um, you, you you went from a holiday in. India to a holiday in the West Indies, which was uh, which was nice for the players that went out. Um, a couple of highlights from that, though. I mean, Phil Salt really showed why he should have been selected in that uh, World Cup squad, and hopefully he's the first name that's going to be on the team sheet come the middle of this year when um, the T20 World Cup comes along. So, yeah, look, you could take some positives. Just, again, strange leadership, strange decisions, strange selection from Matthew Mott. Um, I guess we get into sort of one common denominator here in 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 the white ball arena. In that, you know, is the leadership and the coach the right people to take the the, the team into twenty twenty four? I guess mm. we'll, we'll we'll find out in a few weeks slash months time. Yeah, good to see Butler back though. Butler signing a bit of form. Uh, well, I mean, in fits and starts, though, wasn't it? Certainly not. You know, uh, not anything to write home about. I think he got one. Did he get one fifty plus score? I think in the T twenties. Out of the five games, um, but yeah, look, I, I think there are some exciting, uh, exciting young cricketers around that side that went out to the West Indies. So hopefully, they will uh, continue to improve, and 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 hopefully, the, the future for England cricket in the white ball um, scenario is is better than it has been in twenty twenty three. Before we go, just I want to talk about one quick thing, John. Um, I don't mean to rub, you know, you don't you don't mean to kick a man when he's down and stuff, but. You mentioned that um, with the, sorry that uh, England beat um, England in the uh, series. They did beat them, Pakistan. However, that series was in 2022. It was in yeah, December perfect. where they played those right, three matches. So um, <laughs> England zero. 
All right. So, uh, yeah, not only have you ruined the start of the podcast by saying it was England year in review and then talking about South Africa, you've now pissed all over the one positive bit of chippery we had left. So thank you. What, um, what do you think is the most important <laughs> thing for England cricket moving forward, Jono? What do you think for next year? If you could have one aim for this year, like not even an aim, like a, an aspect. Now, I don't really say like win this series or win the T20 World Cup. One part, what do you think is the most important thing? Look, this year's heavily test cricket uh, weighted, isn't it, in terms of from an England perspective. So I think that I would really like us to to stick to our guns in terms of the way that we play, um, but also be mindful that in Indian conditions, it's not going to be that easy just to go out and try and slap it. I would imagine that they're going to produce turning wickets in order to try and nullify the baseball approach. I'd like to see us go out and compete through proper cricket and, and being able to adapt uh, in Indian conditions. But I think for me, uh, the, the, the consistency of the test side is going to be the biggest thing for me. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think a change, uh, the secondary for me, I know you've only asked for one, but secondary, I think um, for me, Matthew Mott's running on a short leash. And I think that um, Rob Key's made some very, very good decisions. And I think and his next good decision is going to be to find out when the, the right time is to, to kind of make a change at the top. Good question, Robert. How about yourself? Uh, I think the most important aspect for England cricket this year is fast bowlers. And they've got to find a way to keep bowlers fit. Um, they, as soon as we think we've found someone, they get injured. And you look at it, whether, and it's not even, it used to be people would just think, I mean, the quick, quick bowlers, people like Wood and Archer and Stone and. Uh, all those guys. But it's now people like Robinson, people like they're getting injured. And so for me, that's going to be such an important part of this basketball thing is is giving themselves the opportunity to take 20 wickets. That's why they do that. But it, they, they can't keep... And, and now Broad's gone, who's been one sort of regular fixture. He's, they have managed to keep him fit and and everything that to do with central contracts and, and whatnot has worked with him and Jimmy Anderson. I think there's a massive, massive thing coming up, um, and there's a lot of pressure on on the the, the quick bowling stock that's coming through because, um, yeah, I, well, I, I can't see where that now. Archer's done for me. Wood Wood's going to get injured. You've got people like Josh Tong injured, Ollie Stone injured, uh, Robinson injured. Uh, no broad. You're going to stand and go right. Hang on a minute. Who who is who are these bowlers that we're we're oh, so reliant on? We, you look at the one-day side, for example, where we've got... And even in one-day cricket, to be fair, our best bowler at the World Cup was Reese Topley. And he, he he breaks more than a family pack of Kit Kats. So it's just... That, for me, is is where this... the to In order to get to that next... And, and, and Archer might come back and play some, some short-format cricket... I mean, he played in that school game in, in the Caribbean and got four for spit and looked like he was bowling rockets, but a 12-year-old did gun him through extra cover. So um, I know it was a big game for him. So, right, I mean, but for me, it's just it, that you look at the makeup of that side, especially with Stokes being dubious on whether he's going to bowl um, in both both long and short format cricket. I think keeping, keeping the fast bowlers fit uh, is, going to be, is going to be the key thing. I think it was a very good point. A very good point indeed. Uh, Eugene, any views on that? What's what's the key thing for England cricket? 
think they should focus on the hundred. Um, it's the only thing that they're, they're, they're relatively good at at the moment. So. But the only fucking people no, playing it. You have exactly. now taken in, in all seriousness. In, in all seriousness, um, I, I think a mixture of what you guys have said: consistency with selection, and hopefully bowlers can stay fit. Because, I mean, I've just looked at the at the fixtures that you guys at the England side have coming up. You guys are playing five tests in India. Admittedly, you're probably going to take three or four spinners in one seamer, so seamers are not going to be particularly needed in that. Um, you then play against Pakistan in a T20 series, which then moves on to a, a series against the West Indies in tests. Sri Lanka, again, uh, again tests. And then Australia, um, T20s and ODIs for the home summer. So a relatively packed summer for you guys in, and England specifically. But yeah, trying to stay fit over that, which means that your squad rotation is going to be super important. Right. Well, there we have it. Just before we go, uh, there have been some key retirements and some fun farewells from us as cricket lovers to uh, a few guys departing the scene. So, obviously, key retirements across the international game. Sure, Broad, obviously, absolute legend. Fairy tale ending at the Oval uh, back in the summer. Quinton de Kock, Dean Elgar, Steve Davies, who I think deserves a bit of a special mention. Oh, had an up and down career, didn't he? Probably never, never confirmed, but probably feels. Uh, like he, he probably maybe wasn't selected post coming out, and I think that that's probably a, a being under his bonnet. Um, which I, and, and whether that was the reason or, or not, it, the two seem to coincide with each other, which I think is unfortunate. Uh, but a great career, Tim Murta, the absolute stalwart of Middlesex and yeah. Ireland, and of course, who can forget Sir Alistair Cook? Um, but we also cannot forget. A, uh, to, to mention a, a heartfelt fuck off and die to David Warner, who will be retiring in about six days' time. <laughs> well, that's how you really feel, Jono. <laughs> Welcome to 2024. It's the first, first day of January, first thing you so. I can't wait for about um, three months' time. We've made some phone calls and got him on a podcast, and Jono's, Jono's absolutely stood behind him. David Warner's bent over, and Jono's neck deep up it do you, do you know what this is this is just i love i love the mentality of david warner he was asked in a press interview now keep in mind this is the man that is Stuart broad has him wrapped around his little pinky and get him out for fun blah 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 um, he gets asked in a press interview who is the toughest bowler you've ever faced in your career oh dale stain doesn't even give Stuart Broad a mention. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, you know, myself and Sean March opened the batting and he pinned me and put me on my ass a few times and only mentions like, you know, his tail stayed. Never mind the guy that's got him out a hundred times or whatever. Yeah. In, uh, admittedly, yeah. the way Australia and England play against each other, it could have been a hundred times. But yeah, um, yeah, it's surprising. We haven't we haven't had to go to India tonight, lads. What's going on? Well, the, um, no, 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 no. mentioned that they are losing. To be To be fair, I have got, an awful amount of bullets waiting for the ICC when we decide to do an episode on them. Because for That's... me, it's what the year of 2023 will be remembered for them. Bellend is the only way I can use to describe them, getting involved in things that they really shouldn't be getting involved in and being unable to develop cricket. So that we will save that for a, a future episode when I reckon I could do 45 minutes yeah. on my own. Well, next, next yeah. week, lock it in. Well, you say next week we might have, we might be talking to a few a few guests, right? Well, we might, yeah. So, um, just 
few things to mention. We, we've we've been working hard to secure some uh, some wonderful names. So we're talking currently to three ex England captains, an ex international GB athlete uh, who went on since to work for both the ECB and the RFU. So has a lot of uh, views on on the inner workings of, of sport. Um, a very very funny ex England spinner, an ex England quick bowler, um, a county stalwart. Um, and others. We're not. We're not saying names though, um, because we don't want to jinx them. We keep jinxing uh, it, right? Every time we say a name, they never come on. So yeah, just, we're yeah. just going generic this time in terms of what we're going to yeah. be. Who we're going to be yeah. talking to? Rick, where is he from? Anyway, uh, and also some um, lots of hopefully very exciting Woodstock news coming up in the next month or so, and you will hear that here. So I, um, I've got an announcement. If we, oh, if we yeah. have a few minutes, I've got a. A few I've minutes. A, a message. A message. Well, a few seconds actually. It won't be less than a minute. It's come from. It's come a, a message from Mark Curtis <laughs> of the Lord's Taverners, Eugene, Jono, and Robbo. I just wanted to say a huge thank you to you boys and all of the listeners of the pod who support the Tavs. You guys are huge champions and friends of the charity. We have literally given blood, sweat, and tears for the cause this year. That was 2023. On behalf of the 23,000 young people who reach our program. We thank you. We are hugely grateful and wishing everyone a fantastic holiday season and looking forward to more slogging it and the Tavs in 2024. Go well, boys. How's oh, that for a nice little message from Mr. Curtin, hey? Absolutely. Very nice. Well, he's a good man and shows, um, he yeah, he's the absolute top of the tree, isn't he, from the Tavs. So uh, very kind of you, Mark. Thank you very much. Mm. And we look forward to uh, supporting the, the, the most wonderful charity. Uh, for many years to come. So that's it. That is the first episode of Song in It from 2024. We will be recording every Monday evening at 9pm and uh, probably releasing, I would guess, what, Wednesday is huge, I would think. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, depending on how long we go for here. Fair enough. So, uh, so yeah, but, yeah, different episode every week. There will be times, I imagine, where um, we, we do dailies, depending on, you know, there's probably 17 World Cups going on this year. Um, but from now until next week, we bid you adieu and hope you've all had a wonderful Christmas and New Year season. Till next week, see you soon. Boys, happy New Year. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.